So today, I am continuing in the series titled The Foundation of Truth, and we are covering, this will be Love One Another, Part 5. And I'd like us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you can turn in your Bibles or your whichever word, the way you have the word on your cell phone or whatever, your tablet. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 7. And again, I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ, how we must live. Scripture reading goes like this. Verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Verse 6, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's it. I'm going to stop there. So we as believers in Jesus Christ, the apostle wrote here and described what this love is and how we're supposed to behave. He said, love suffers long. Or love is patient. And love is kind. That means we put up with a lot. No matter how irritable we can get. Or we get. We put up with a lot. Because let, let us just be real. In the church, believers, sometimes we can get on each other's nerves. We can get irritable. I'm not telling you anything that doesn't happen to me. However, that is not an excuse for us to dismiss others and discard them because they irritate us. Love suffers long. Love is patient and love is kind. Being rude, disrespectful with your brother in Christ is not an excuse. It can happen, but we have to ask forgiveness. Because we also, even though as perfect we, as we think we are, we do irritate other people. So we have to be patient, long-suffering, and kind. So if you're annoyed, irritated, be kind. Still be kind. Love does not envy Love does not get jealous of other people. You don't envy what they have. You don't envy their relationships. You don't envy them. You don't, you're not jealous. You must be happy for your brother or your sister in Christ. When they are blessed, if their relationships are, are great, if their household is working well, if they are prospering, don't be envious. Don't be jealous. Be happy for them. Don't try to covet what people have. Because sometimes people in their jealousy want to covet what other people have. And in their jealousy and envy, they try to cause division and destroy what people have. That's not the love of God. That's not the love Jesus is talking about. That's not love. 
Love does not envy. Love does not get jealous. And if you do get jealous, take that thought captive. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Does not parade itself means, or puffed up means you don't show off and you don't show out. You're not full of yourself. You're not prideful. You're not willing to put people down to make yourself seem important. You don't promote your own self or your own agenda. You esteem others better than yourself. But when you see people prideful and parading themselves, sometimes we have to politely sometimes pull them aside and tell them the truth. In love. You know, but sometimes people, you know, but sometimes people can just have an off day. Sometimes somebody could be out of character one day. You don't historically see them acting that way. They just have an off day. But if you have a relationship with that person, you can pull aside that person and, you know, just let them know what you, what you see. And if they have a, a loving heart, they would receive what you say and do an inventory of themselves. Nobody likes to hear any criticism, we call it criticism of themselves. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants to hear that. But that goes into what the next thing it says. Love does not behave rudely, doesn't seek its own, and is not provoked. So if you're offended because somebody is trying to tell you something, check your heart. You're easily provoked. You're easily unsettled. And as the love of God, and if you, if you, the love of Christ, if you really have that love in your heart, you're not easily unsettled if somebody says something. Because if you get easily unsettled, what does that tell you about yourself? Pride. Pride just raises ugly head, and you, got, you get unsettled because of what someone says. So check your heart. Check your motives. Okay? So love is not rude. It doesn't seek its own. And rude means you don't put yourself before others. We ought to put others first. And as I said before, human nature is to take care of me, myself, and I, take care of mine. That's human nature. And people use that as an excuse. Listen, I'm only human. And they use that as, a, as an excuse for their behavior. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, that is not acceptable. That is not an acceptable statement. Because we are not mere humans anymore. We are followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. When you say you're human, I'm only human, that means you're ruled by your emotions. But if you are a disciple in Jesus Christ, a follower of Christ, you're not ruled by your emotions. You're not ruled by your flesh. You're ruled by the Spirit and by the Word of God. So saying I'm only human... Doesn't, doesn't release the follow of Christ. The people in the world, they can get away with that. Because truly they are only human. They are moving in their flesh. And you can't expect anything else from people in the world. If you expect people in the world to walk in righteousness, you are sorely mistaken. You can't expect people in the world to walk in righteousness. They're going to do what they do normally. But we expect followers of Christ, disciples of Jesus Christ, to walk in righteousness. So you saying I'm only human, 
to excuse your behavior is unacceptable. Because we have a new heart and we have the Spirit of God in us. The only reason why we want to say I'm only human is because we want to do our will and not the will of, the, of, the, of Christ. We're looking for a way out. But there is no way out. There is no excuse. Love is not rude. It doesn't seek its own. Somebody pushing their way or pushing through to get their way to be first, that's rude. That's self-seeking. That's seeking your own. Your own agenda at the expense of others. What does that do to other people who see that type of behavior? Especially if they're weak in the faith. So we have to think of that. We can't just think about ourselves. We have to think of the consequences of what we do and say. Love is not easily provoked. That's one of the things that derail many of us in our walk. We get easily offended. And there's another side to that. Not only do we get offended. If you walk in in the love of Christ, you don't easily offend others or provoke others to anger, to steal their peace. You don't do it to each other. You don't take offense. I'm learning. I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard not to be so sensitive and take offense. I'm trying. The Lord is working on me every day. I'm trying to die daily. But it's not easy. Because pride is a, is a, is a tough thing to, do, to, to have to, to overcome. But the Lord is chipping away at that daily. As far, I'm, I'm just talking about myself here. Our peace cannot. We cannot allow our peace to be easily taken away from us. That's what happens when you're provoked. Your peace is taken away from you. And you get immediately in the flesh. Then you really become only human. Because you're reacting based on the emotions and not, by, and not based on the spirit, spiritual things. We walk in love. We, we don't do anything to provoke others. And if you're purposely pushing people's button, that is, that is not good. Especially when you know things that irritate people, that set people off. And you're purposefully doing it. That is not the love of God. You're being used to steal people's joy and to rob them of their faith. You may not realize it, but that's exactly what you're doing. You're causing division. Because you're, what you say and what you do purposefully is to cause people, cause people to separate themselves. That is division. Mark people like that, who would say things and do things to incite and cause division. Love thinks no evil. We don't dwell on evil thoughts. And if the thoughts come, we deal with it. We don't dwell on it. We don't dwell on evil thoughts or contrive evil thoughts. That's why a lot of people get in trouble. The thought comes and you start dwelling on it. Once you dwell on it, you, that's how you get seduced. The thought comes, you've got to immediately deal with it. Take it captive. Recognize what it is. But that comes knowing 
Christ. That comes through studying the Word. That comes, that's revealed by the Spirit of God. Okay? So love thinks no evil. It takes these thoughts captive and, dis, and, dis, and discards them. Thinking no evil also thinks. Say, we don't think the worst of people. Sometimes we see people and we size them up. I mean, that's, that's normal what we do. We see somebody and we size them up. How they dress. What they're wearing. What they're driving. How they're groomed. Etc. And then we form an opinion about that person. What do we allow that opinion now? Where do we take that thought? Do we put that person in a category based on their appearance? That's what the racist does. She's a black person, a white person, an Asian, whatever. And they size them up, put them in a category. We ought not to do that. Don't tell, don't tell me that doesn't happen to any of us on this line. Except me. It happens to every one of us. The question is, what do we do with the thought? We have to take the thought captive. And we have to see what's in the heart of that person. Get beyond the facade. And see what's in that person's heart. What's coming out of their mouth. You might run into somebody who looks like nothing. But filled with the spirit. And there's so much wisdom coming out of that person's mouth. It'll blow your mind. God used the lowly things of this earth to confound the wise. Verse 6. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. What truth is that? Not my truth, not your truth, not his or her truth. That's all relative truth. Love rejoices in God's truth. That's what, is, that's what he's, he's talking about here. Love rejoices in God's truth. Why? Because joy, God's truth is fixed. It doesn't, it's not the flavor of the month or the flavor of the day or the flavor of the week. God's truth never changes. It's fixed. It's consistent and it's constant. When he says, as far as the east is from the west, I have removed your sin from you. That is fixed. That does not change. It's not contingent on if you're good today or bad yesterday. He still loves you no matter what. It's fixed. Human truth will say, well, you're good today, I love you. You're bad yesterday, I don't like you yesterday, I hate you yesterday, and I love you today. Why? Because my truth is based on your behavior. That's not God. God doesn't think like that. He doesn't act like that. So love rejoices in truth. And not in iniquity, not in evil. (laughs) I got one for you here. People will do evil for a good outcome. In other words, the end justifies the means. People will do evil for a good outcome. And they will say the end justifies the means. That's not Bible. The Bible doesn't say you do evil for a good outcome. That's man. That's how man thinks. God doesn't think like that. Love doesn't delight in the outcome Even though the outcome might be good, but you do evil, love doesn't rejoice in that outcome. Because the means to get to where you you want to go is evil. It's not good. So love, don't rejoice when people are doing evil for a good outcome. The end doesn't justify the means. That's nothing to be delighted in. That's nothing to rejoice in. Love 
bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, bears all things. You know what bears all things means? You put up with, there's so much you put up with. That's love. Think about God's love to us, how much God puts up with us. Listen, let me just tell you. Think about many of us would, have, would write off a bunch of people and say, you know what? I'm done with them. They should just die and, and let's move on. That's not God. That's not, that's, that's not the love. That's not, that, that's not the love of Christ. There are a lot of wicked people still alive. Why? Because God is putting up this dispensation of grace before Jesus comes back. It's time for people to get their act together. As they hear the word of God is preached, God is putting up uh, with a lot, giving people a lot of chances to repent and turn to Him. That is put, He's putting up with a lot. Because he's given a lot of time for people to repent. And when that, when, that, when, when that time stops, he's coming back as a judge. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son in the world, not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Jesus came, this dispensation of grace that we have, he died and resurrected. There's a certain amount of time allotted for people to be redeemed through him. God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world. When you're condemned, you're condemned because you don't believe in him. You're condemned already. Condemn means there's a death sentence on you. That's what condemn means. There is already a death sentence to people who do not believe. They do not know it, but it's already there. But when he comes back, he's coming as a judge. He's not coming as a lowly lamb or lowly baby anymore. He's coming back as a judge. That's why he's long-suffering. You think of the person you have already written off? The Lord has given them ample time and opportunity to, to repent. That's how we must pray. That's why the Bible tells us to love our enemies. Don't write them off. Love them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray that they will be saved. Pray that they will come to their senses. So love puts up with a lot. Believes all things. Hopes endures all things. This is the way Jesus loves. And the way we ought to love. But we can do it. He's given us his spirit to do it. Alright. And lastly. In this politically charged. And politically and racially charged climate. What are we seeing between Christians or followers of Christ? I am talking about the world. I'm talking about believers in Jesus Christ. What am I seeing? Or what are we seeing? Are we seeing patience and kindness? Love is patient, love is kind. Are we seeing that across the board? Love does not seek its own. Are we seeing humility? Or are we seeing pride or self-seeking? Are we seeing Christians who are easily provoked? 
and those who provoke provoke others? Are they saying and doing things to get a reaction and the intent is for evil, for the greater good? Are they contriving evil thoughts, half-truths, and, li- and manip- lying to manipulate for their own benefit? Which ties to the, the, the end justifies the means. Are they rejoicing when one gets their way at the expense of others? How many friendships or relationships have been severed because people are not walking in the love of Christ? Say, I'm done with you. I want to have nothing to do with you. Because we are on two different sides. How many relations? That's division. That is division. That is not the love of Christ. This behavior is futile. It is futile. Going against the things of God is futile. Why? Because in the, in the, in the, in the scheme of eternity, none of this is going to matter. But you're going to be, are going to be held accountable for our behavior. We will be held accountable. There are consequences for disobeying God and not walking in love. There are consequences. We are told to pursue love in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. Paul said, pursue love. Pursue love. No matter how great we think we are, how accomplished, how rich, educated, how much good we think we have done. If we do not love or have love, it is nothing. It's all for nothing. It's of no use. Loving one another is not a suggestion. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. It's a commandment. That means it's not a choice. Love one another as I have loved you. So that the world will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. The way we love one another is a manifestation of the love of Christ. But what is the world seeing? As a believer in Christ, we have, a, we have no choice. We don't have any options here. Especially if you want to experience the promises of God and have true fellowship with the Father and the Son. If you want to have that intimacy with God, you've got to walk in love. You have to do it. It's not going to happen. You want the blessings of God? Walk in love. You want the promises of God? Walk in love. You want to know Christ? Walk in love. You want to experience the glory of God in your life? Walk in love. That's it. We must love one another. Love supersedes everything. Because God is love. That's who He is. He doesn't have it. He is love. And everything He does is out of love. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. Because the world hated Him. The world didn't care about Him. He loved that He gave His Son. So whoever believes will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the love of God. That's love. That's God's love. And that's how we ought to love each other. Prefer one another. Esteem others better than ourselves. Better than our own selves. So, you know, when we talk about the love of Christ, people throw, throw around that word love like it's nothing. But, you know, they're talking human love. Not agape love. Not, a lo- not God's kind of love. God kind of love is, is a love that we, you know, very few of us really experience and do it's a sacrificial love 
And the closest thing I could think of it is like a parent and their children. Even animals <laughs> have that instinct. They will lay down their life for their, for, for their own. However, how many of us will lay down our life for someone else? We'll do it for our own. That's a natural instinct. To willing to sacrifice yourself. But how many of us will do it for somebody out that's not our own? That's, that's, that's the love Jesus is talking about here. Love one another. Because we all belong to each other. We're all part of a body. So we must, once you get that understanding, you, you know what it means to lay down your life for the brethren. Okay? So we all have to have that same mind and that same heart. Alright? So I'm going to stop there today. I didn't, there was no yelling and screaming today. But I hope you received something. I hope, I hope I gave you something to think about. Because this is stuff I have to think about and deal with daily. Walking in love. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's a challenge. But it, it, it can be done. Why? Because the, the Spirit of God will grace you. Give you the power to do what you cannot do on your own strength. You need the power of God to be able to walk in love. Alright? So I'm going to stop there. And I'll pick this up next time.